Hey friend, I'm Beth Ann Schwamberger, host of the Brilliant Business Moms podcast. This show is all about brilliant women, just like you, who are growing their businesses in the margins. You're juggling nap time and work time, wiping up messes with writing blogs, and I don't believe you need big, impressive numbers or shiny accolades behind your name to be brilliant. This show is about realistic, doable strategies that will work for you and your business right where you are. Big and little wins are celebrated here, and every single one of my listeners is a big deal in my book. Grab your coffee, and maybe the laundry, and be encouraged by business mamas who'll make working in the margins just a little more fun. Today on the show, I'm chatting with Karina Holden of FromFighters.com. Now, many of you may have heard a prior podcast interview that I've done with Karina. She is always growing her business, always making sure she serves her customers well. And this interview is perfect for anyone who has been on the Facebook and Instagram ads struggle bus, (laughs) or maybe you've never tried Facebook and Instagram ads and you've heard that they just no longer work. And so you've kind of pushed them off to the side, not a strategy for you. Well, you need to tune into this episode because Karina was in that place where she had ads that worked for a long time, brought her lots of new email subscribers and lots of new customers. She was making an upfront profit from those ads, reaching brand new people. And then the big iOS update that happened in 2021 really change things. And so her ad strategy wasn't working anymore. Her profits weren't there anymore. She was, you know, essentially just able to break even, which can be okay for some business owners, but for others of us, we want to see that upfront profit from our efforts. And so she put her ad strategy on the back burner for a bit. And then with the help of one of my ad students, who's also just an amazing advertiser and teacher, helped her revamp that ad strategy. She joined the Brilliant Business Moms membership and got you know even more ideas for what to try and what to test. And her ads are working again. And she's spending $500 to $1,000 a day and making a fabulous profit off of that ad spend. And so you will want to hear from Karina. Ads are not dead. They do still work. The strategies we use are a little bit different than what they used to be, but um, they are still working for those business owners who are willing to test and willing to pivot to some new strategies. So I think you're going to be so encouraged in hearing from Karina. So let's get to it. So today on the show, I have with me Karina Holden of From Fighters, and I'm just so excited to chat with Karina. She's been on the podcast before, but it's been a while. And so we get to check in, see everything she's been up to since then, and yeah, just continue to see how Karina is growing. So welcome to the show, Karina. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I love geeking out on this topic, so I'm excited. Yay. Yeah. I'm so, so glad to chat with you too. Okay. So for those who may have not heard you on the podcast before, can you tell us a little bit more about From Fighters and what you do online? Yeah. From Fighters started as a blog at 2016. I became a stay-at-home mom the year before and felt like I needed some kind of challenge. I wanted to help my husband bring in some income, but be home with my baby boy. And I had another one on the way. And so I landed on the topic of fashion after really thinking through it. It was something that was a bit of a struggle for me. It never came easy for me, you know, trying trends, like was just not a thing. And I found that I just didn't love the closet of clothes that I had because I used to work in an office setting and just didn't need those clothes anymore, but I didn't know how to dress like casual, put together, comfortable, but chic, you know, I just kind of felt grumpy. So yeah, I started a blog around that and then it's just grown into a business also that offers products and we just simplify fashion for moms and make it easy for a fashion novice to someone who's stylish to just be put together every day, even when they have kids. Love it. And I have some of your products and they are super helpful. And I agree with you. I, or I commiserate, I guess I'm not good at trends. (laughs) Like I can't, right. So yeah, it's that need to, you want to be put together, but you don't necessarily want to follow the latest, greatest fashion trends. You want, you want things that you're going to look good in for years because I know I don't have time to shop and get all the latest things every year. Keep up to date with everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
So can you tell me a little bit more about your best-selling products in your business? Yeah. So I have a series of style guides that basically just like break down what you need in your closet, how to put them together into outfits. And so I have them now for the whole family, but I have a few for moms and the best-selling products are like the one that covers the whole year for like casual, basic essentials. It's called my women's essential style guide. And then I have a product that's like a piggyback off of that. That's my outfit calendar. And it basically takes all the outfits in that style guide for the whole year and breaks it out into a calendar format. So, and that's actually what I use as my upfront offer now for ads. So I know we'll talk about that more, but yeah, that does really well. It's just like plug and play. It's like so simple for anyone to start out with it. And they, I just like tell them what to have in their closet, what to wear. And it just simplifies fashion a lot more and makes it easy on the day-to-day. Like it's the product that I use every day. So it's super practical. I love that. And you do such a good job of demonstrating how to use your products. I mean, I follow some of your social media accounts and you're always sharing like, here's what I'm wearing today. This came from the outfit calendar over here. So you're such a great example of, you know, just exactly how to use your products well. So love that. Oh, I'm glad you think so. I feel like social media, like I put that a little bit on the back burner and I, I start to focus a little bit more on being really like ultra helpful and like personal on my newsletters. And then I just have, but I do have my VA then turn that into Facebook posts and Instagram posts. So we are like, yeah, sharing things on there, but I feel like I'm not really on social media. So it's just funny that, that you see it that way. Yeah. But I, I spend most, most of my time just putting it together for the newsletter. Okay. A lot more people see that, you know? Okay. And so your newsletter, is that something that's going out every single week or? Uh, Roughly. I do not have a set day or schedule, but yeah, every couple of weeks I try to get one out when I feel like I have something really helpful to say. And then I've been getting more organized about like planning ahead of time. So I always have something helpful to share or interesting, or, you know, sometimes it's little things I feel like that can really like little mom hacks and they happen throughout the day and whatever your niche is. But if you don't keep track of them, then it's hard to remember for when you are writing newsletters. So I stole this idea from Laura Smith. She, she keeps a log of really just things she wants to share. And so I've been doing that and it helps a lot when newsletter time comes along. You're like, oh yeah, I have all these things that I want to tell people. I love that. Now, where do you keep your log? Do you have a certain tool? Yes, or way? Airtable. Okay. I'm not a spreadsheets girl, but I know how helpful they can be. So I love that Airtable just like makes it pretty and, and easy. So yeah, that's what I use. And it's really accessible from the phone too. It's like easier to use from the phone, which is when your ideas come to you. You're not when you're at your computer. So, right. Yeah. I often will use Google keep for random ideas, but then they're all their own separate little notes or voice memos. So I do think that's neat with Airtable that then it's going to be all in one place. Right. Yeah. You can attach a photo, a link, like everything's organized in one place. That's true. And then that is amazing that, yeah, because to me, you're, it feels like you are on social media. <laughs> like, I feel like I see your posts a decent amount. I don't know. Maybe it's been a while, but I love that you're just, you're able to have someone help you repurpose the content you're already creating for your email subscribers. So that's right, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I know in the past you've grown your business using ads. I mean, that's not the only way you've grown, but that's been one of the ways that you've been able to build up that targeted email list, earn new customers, you know, moms who've not heard of you before. But I know a lot of us, well, I don't know if anyone was unaffected, right? By the iOS changes that happened in 2021, where tracking our ads and which ones were bringing us sales and which ones weren't was kind of, we all had to work through that and figure out how to get things tracking again. And some of the strategies that used to work well seemed like not so much anymore. So we kind of had to reconfigure what we were doing with ads. So I'd love to hear more from you on kind of your experience with that. Yeah. So it was, it was fun looking back and kind of seeing the trajectory of like, Oh, how much did I spend on ads and stuff like that? And it's, it has been like a super important part of the business. I love that I took your course in probably 2018. And since then, like it just helps you to keep your email list growing without so much hustle of like, 
putting out content all the time or doing always collaborations and stuff. But yeah, 2021, is that when the iOS came out? Yeah kind of early. Yeah. I was just noticing it was just getting harder to run some of the ads. And I, I wasn't someone that run a ton of different variations of ads. Like I just had some that kept working, but those would just, it was hard to get them more than break even. And so I was like, Oh, I got to figure something out because and I should have at that point, just joined your Facebook group and gotten all these brilliant ideas. Now I go back in the archive. I'm like, well, they need, like they were figuring it out, but I was like, okay, how, how else am I going to bring in some income? So, you know, I started learning more about doing partnerships and I dug deep into optimizing my website to bring in as many leads from organic traffic. And that was, that was definitely good to do that, but it was hard to keep up with you know, keeping my list cleaned out every few months and regular unsubscribes, even though the unsubscribe rate is low, like even then you have to keep it growing with those fresh leads. So I was like, I need to do this. I need to figure out Facebook ads again. So yeah, then I, I did a partnership, like a lead swap partnership, which are awesome um, to do that with people, you know, in your similar size and niche with Katie Keeper, one of your students, you know, on the side, we're just talking about ads. And I noticed that was like mid 2021. I noticed that the Facebook ads manager was like totally inaccurate. I was like shocking when I looked at, you know, I finally separated out um, a form on ConvertKit just for my one ad, you know, and separate everything else. So I could just like, look at that. And I was like, Oh my goodness, it's way off. I don't know what to do. So, uh, Katie told me that things are working for her and she's in the group and she's got all these ideas. And so then I started to work with her. She helped me to, she looked at my Facebook or my sales pages. We kind of went through that framework that you teach of like all these sections that you have to have. And then it was just helpful to have her eyes on my, my copy and just how I write. And she helped me just like really nail down, like simplify the phrases to really relate to people. Cause you know, sometimes you in the business, you see your products a certain way. It's hard to use language that the newbie coming to your page can understand and relate to. And so she really helped me with that. And yeah, so kind of got me rolling again with, with ads. And I'm so glad because I was really missing that stream of, of new, fresh leads. You know, if you don't have that coming in, it just really changes even the passive sales in your shop. I found like it just really slows down. So getting those fresh leads is really important. Yeah, I agree. And again, I'm someone that I'm never going to tell every business owner like, oh, you have to do ads. Ads are the way to grow your business. I love them. (laughs) But, you know, I think there are a lot of ways to grow an online business. But I think you're exactly right. Whatever it is that you're doing to grow your online business, you, you do have to like keep those email subscribers coming in because I've noticed the same thing. If I, if I try to coast and I'm like, not doing enough with ads. And I know in my case, like I don't have a ton of organic traffic at the moment and I'm not posting on social media all the time and promoting like, you know, some sort of email freebie over there. And so then it's like, uh uh-oh, things start to, they start to stagnate, you know? And two, then even those live launches that you might do to your list, like over time, because you're not bringing in new people and continuing to grow. It's like, Everybody else is like, well, I've seen this offer a few times now. So, you yeah, know, exactly. Um, or, or you're like, as you're cleaning your list, like your best subscribers that are like rocking rock and roll and like, they bought a lot of your things. Yeah. So yeah, you've got the, you need to have those, those fresh eyes and yeah, just so important. Yeah. And okay. Speaking of Katie Kiefer, which everyone listening to this podcast, she will be hopping on the podcast um, in a few weeks too. So that's going to be really fun, but she is absolutely in the situation where I tell her this (laughs) pretty regularly. I'm like, the student has now become the master. I mean, Katie has, you know, she, she tests so many different things with ads. She just built that way. Yes. She enjoys numbers. Yeah. But it's interesting because as much as she loves numbers, she's also amazing. Like you were talking about of helping people with messaging. She really Mm -hmm. has a knack for that. Just like you said of let's simplify this. What are you really trying to say with these words on your page? How can we say this in a way that someone can read this one sentence and instantly understand, you know, what this product is about or how it's going to help them. I would love, and I, I don't know how much you'll remember specifically, but do you have any specific examples of like 
you changed a phrase or a hook or messaging from this to that and then saw it converting more? There were several things that I changed, but you know, as, as, as you were talking about, she, she helps you to nail your messaging. I think just, yeah, just having another person looking at, at your page really helps. Like I remember, you know, she'd record videos as she's going through my sales page and she's like, she's like thinking like, what is it that your products do? She's like, it helps you love your clothes again. It helps you love your clothes again. And she's just like, love your clothes again. <laughs> and so that became sort of the hook and the headline that we've used on top of the sales page. And so that was helpful. Like I would just, I don't know, I wouldn't have come up with that, but it helps someone else to, to just kind of nail down, like, what is it that your product has helped me with? As I've looked through what it is you offer, like that's this is the key. One of the big changes is before I used to offer a freebie to tripwire, like only do freebie to tripwire to my main style guide that I talked about. It's like the book. It's like the most complete product, the outfits for the whole year. And that's, you know, that, it, I was having a hard time getting that to break even. So I switched that up and went with my calendar as a upfront offer. And it, you know, I had, I think I had tried that a, a while back, but I didn't give it enough of a, I, I don't think I had as robust of a sales page at that point. So I started offering that uh, preview of that, like a, a preview, preview of that, which, and I, I think that it really resonates with, with just these brand cold, cold audience leads because they see this, it's basically a, a calendar, you know, that shows you outfit ideas. And I give one month free from the calendar as my freebie. And it's like, it's visually appealing. It's one of those like templates. I feel like templates just do so well as a, an initial freebie offer because it's initially going to help the person like without work on their part. So I started offering that as a freebie. And then we also started doing direct to sales page ads. And that's, that's actually been, I was looking at the stats and for the most part, my direct to sales or DTS has performed a lot better with ROAS, which is really fun because it's just like, you're skipping, jumping a lot of hoops and you're just getting people straight to your sales page. And if they're interested, they buy and they become a lead. And like to have that be profitable, I think it's still really important to have freebie to tripwire because it does, those do grow your list faster, but like, man, those, those DTS leads are so they're just hot leads because they're already customers. And if you have more to offer them, like they will keep buying. So that's one thing we did is, is I'm, doing freebie. And we're also doing DTS change the product to be more of a like super plug and play, not overwhelming or confusing about what it is. And then let's see. Oh, and then as far as tracking to get accurate information, I signed up for Hyros. And so that was scary because it's expensive. It was like, it's like over $300 a month. <laughs> like when you're just trying to get ads going, but I felt like I just like, I can't do any, anything with ads if it's totally inaccurate. And it's funny, some days it'll be close you know, the Facebook ads manager will be kind of close and accurate. And sometimes it will just totally not be, can't rely on it. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. So I, I use both Hyros and Google analytics and I try to check both because every once in a while I'll notice that Hyros attribute something that over in Google analytics was like direct none. It, it didn't, you know, they see the sale, but it didn't get attributed to an ad set or an ad or vice versa. I'll see that happen sometimes where Google analytics grabbed the sale, but Hyros is like, Oh, we know you, here's some ad revenue, but like, we don't know where it belongs, but you're exactly right with Facebook ads manager. <laughs> it's nice when it matches up because then it's like, oh, thanks Facebook. I'm glad you're acknowledging these purchases <laughs> that are coming in and then hopefully are better able to keep optimizing this, you know, ad set. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes Facebook is completely off. I mean, just... <laughs> It just seems like they are guessing it's they're completely in the dark sometimes. And yeah. so, whereas I do not see that with Google analytics and Hyros, it's a much closer match. And okay. So are you finding Google analytics is overall the more accurate over Hyros? Hmm. Or you just see, notice a little bit of a difference. You're not just, sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like I know earlier this week, I did have a sale that Google Analytics was able to track, but Hyros didn't. So that was interesting or actually yeah. a couple of sales, but the same has happened in reverse too. Okay. Where 
Yeah. So it's to me, I, I like having the combination. I mean, Hyros is so nice just for having it right in the ads manager anyways. So I like it for not having to flip back and forth and not having to manually calculate my return mm-hmm. on ad spend. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome for that. And then Google analytics is more like, let me double check. Let mm-hmm. me see if there's any additional sales over here that they picked up. And then also I have this really helpful dashboard that Melissa Kaiserman made for me. So I'm more, one of the things I'm doing over in Google analytics is just looking at, okay, what was my sales page conversion rate for the day? What percentage of customers are taking my order bump and my upsells? And so it makes it easier for that. So. Oh, right. That's amazing. Yeah. And I love that you do teach your students how to set that up. So, and that's, you know, the Google analytics. So that's like a free way to get the good data, you know? And so like, Hyros can come later, but you know, there's, there's things about Hyros too. Like it takes forever to load too. And so that was honestly, like, I feel like it almost doubled the time that I spent in ads manager, just like having it load. So it's nice to have the data, but hopefully they improve that about it too. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it will improve over time, but yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I'm now with anyone who's running ads. I'm like, if you do, you need Google analytics or you need Hyros. You don't necessarily, you don't have to have both, but you need to have one of those because if you don't, you really are flying blind and ads manager is not giving all that correct data. So, okay. Sorry. I got a little sidetracked. (laughs) Oh yeah. So here's the other big thing. I think that before before iOS changes and also maybe before there were more people doing ads, it was just easier to set up, like to like really think of a really cool ad. I, I used to have a video ad that did really well. It was, it was a little bit of me talking, but also just like a graphic thing that I put together, like super simple. And that just like was what was my winner. And so I didn't have to keep coming up with new creative, but something that also was helpful that I think Katie Kiefer helped me to think differently about this. And I think since she's so like naturally good at testing and she enjoys it, like it just comes more naturally to her, <laughs> but it's to basically like do always keep creating new ad copy and creative and always like be trying new things or yeah, trying not necessarily like totally different, but trying new audiences and trying new like tweaks to the copy and, and keep feeding that because if you just run on a winner, like eventually it's going to peter out. And the thing is that I find that your emotions just get involved because like you're running on excitement of like, yeah, I have a winner. And then that peters out and you're like, bummer, like, when am I going to get another winner? And so having just like this system, I just kind of created this routine of getting new versions of the, of the images. And cause I, I just been doing for the most part, square images like keeping it simple. And there are other things you can do, but I was like, I'm just going to make ads work with that and then branch out. And and a couple other things have been working as well now. Oh, and the other thing is with like, I'm no graphic designer. I I use Canva, you know, to come up with some graphics, but funny enough, I also discovered that one of the things has consistently worked the best for me is a selfie of myself holding either the freebie or the product unedited. Like it can be a little bit of a darker photo it needs to be brightened, unedited and that, and no headline, no graphic on it. And just, so I was excited about that because I don't have to come up with this like really cool graphic. So that's been something that has been working, but yeah, just keeping new ones that I'm testing. And yes, it cuts into your profits a little bit because you're going to have things that don't take off, but in the long run to have more than one winner to switch in as things start to die off is super important. I also set up a bump to my offer. I didn't have a bump before and an upsell. And uh, so I think that really helped as well just to increase overall. Let's see. Yeah. And I did simplify like then after people get on my list, I got feedback from like different people over, over the years that I provided a lot of good content, but it was like overwhelming for a new subscriber. So I really pared it down. I lengthened the amount of time that they're on my welcome sequence to give them time, but like try to provide as much value, but just like simplified so they can really take it in. And I think that's helped because like more people stay engaged and excited about their little wins. And then when I do a promotion, they're more ready to buy. And so, yeah, every time now that I do a promotion, it's like, Lots of people are excited. They're like, yay, she's doing a, you know, a sale on her products and they hop over to my shop and, and buy a lot more. So like 
when I do a promotion in the store, my ROAS always goes up because I know a lot. And it's just interesting. It's like a direct correlation because a lot of those people that have become leads in the last 30 days, like become attributed to like, oh, they just purchased. So overall the ROAS goes up. So it's just like, just another indicator that it's so important to keep those fresh leads coming in. And that's, that's what's going to help you help either your promotions or your launches, whatever you do, do so much better. I love that. And I think you are onto something, Karina, with this concept of simplifying. I have noticed that trend as well. And I've heard even, you know, higher level kind of market research people talking about this, where there's this huge swath of the marketplace that would be considered like the overwhelmed consumer, where we're just on information overload. We've got so much going on. We're stressed out about a lot of different things. And so you've simplified not just, you know, your email sequence so that they're getting smaller wins in doses that they can more easily digest and handle, but then your offer on the the front end is your more simplified offer instead of it being like, here's this huge product for you. Yeah. Um, So I love that too. I'd love for you to talk a little more about, let's see, for your direct to sales page version of the offer, you know, what the price point is for that and how much time people have to grab the sale. And then talking about the order bump and the upsell piece. Yeah. So I'm on the direct to sales page. So the original price for the product is $40 for the digital. So I have a digital and like a hard copy version. That's a little bit more, but I focus on only offering the digital. And I'm just like clear about, because obviously the visuals on the page show the hard copy as well as the uh, printable. But I try to be clear, like you're going to get the digital with this. And just to simplify, because I use Thrivecart for the checkout and, and, but I use Shopify to fulfill my hard copy products. And so it's just going to get too complicated to, and so just to keep it simple, I offer the digital. So original price 40 and I offer it for 1497. And I think it's for about half an hour, 30 minutes timer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And I have a version of the sales page that phrases it as a one day sale. And it technically is a one day sale for the person that clicks, but it's deadline funnel that, that makes it unique for each visitor. So I know a couple of your other students, I got that idea from inside of the group. Some other people are doing that. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And that actually I found does a little bit better. I also use one of your ideas from the sales page of doing a value stack. I think you call it. Yeah. Yeah. And that seemed to really increase conversions. I was like, whoa, but maybe a whole percent. So that was great. So yeah. Oh, and then the bump. So the bump does really well. It is a cheat sheet for figuring out your body shape. So it's like, it's just a nice accompaniment to like, here's what to wear. And then here are the styles that are going to look good on you. So um, that one does pretty well between maybe 25 to 35%. Grab that. That's great. And that is, we've been um, testing different prices. I started it like uh, $6.97, I think. And it's just like a $16 product in my shop. And now we're offering it full price and just saying like, this is just a great, great accompaniment with it. And it's doing better at the higher price. And just like I improved the copy on the bump to be more like, this is why you want this. So that's interesting. And then the upsell is just another one of our style guides that offers professional options and like more dressy outfits. So that one also does pretty well, like 40% grab that. I think that percentage has lowered because we're testing a offering it at a higher price, but I have offered it between it's a originally, I think $30 and I offered it at like 15 and then 21 and we're testing that, but yeah, so that's, that's our upsell. And then I, I did, I did just add a, a second upsell, which is not like not a ton of people are grabbing. And I think it's just like too many <laughs> decisions at checkout, but that's to our online platform that kind of makes everything digital and like gives you a, a closet a digital closet and everything. So it's really cool, but I think it's like too many things for people to decide on. So okay, offer that just later down the road <laughs> in the email sequence. Right. Okay. And speaking of that, so, cause I also have two upsells on my current, you know, evergreen offer that I'm running all the time. And yes, same situation where very few people purchase the second upsell. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, however, I have way more organic sales, well, organic being in quotes, organic sales on that product at full price ever since I've started running this, uh, this current, yes, because I think 
they are like introduced, but mm-hmm. you're exactly right. I do think it's like, it's kind of like a little much. I'm not really expecting everyone to grab this right away. And mine's pretty pricey. So like the sale price is 97 mm-hmm. for that second bump and then full price for it is 197. But then I'll just get these, Hey, full price 197. Yeah. Every once in a while. Right. Yeah. Sales. Yeah. That are happening down the road. So anyways, I just, I think that's interesting. So I wonder if you'll see Um, Yeah. No, I think that's a good point because it introduces them to this concept of like, she has this option. So, and I think, you know, that was like the number one thing people were asking me for before we offered our own platform is like, I just, I want to be able to see my clothes in these outfit combinations. Like just, I want to be able to see with my clothes. And so that's what our platform offers. And so making them aware of that right up front, as they're using the calendar and the style guide, they're going to think like, oh, it'd be so cool to do this wait a minute. I think she offers that. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see just as a way to introduce them to it. Right. Right. Make them aware of it. Yes. Yes. And you know, of course we should have like evergreen sales sequences also (laughs) for that offer. I, I don't think I have one at the moment (laughs) set up for that offer, but I'm like, yeah, I really need to do that too. Cause I'm fairly confident those new leads, I would see a nice tick rate over there. Okay. So one thing I wanted to go back to real quick was you mentioned on your order bump that it's working, it's converting better when you just keep it at full price. Is that what you were saying? Not that it's converting better, fewer people take it, but overall, like the, the revenue is higher. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And that's something else that's so important for people to know is, you know, people always want to know like, ah, oh, what's the right price and everything else. And it's like, uh-huh. oh man. And And again, it's like, I would love to have the magic answer for everybody. I I generally have a good hunch of like, hey, for this product, this niche, what you're offering, here's what I think would be a good price to test. But it Mm -hmm. really is a test because again, sometimes raising the price is going to end up being more profitable. Other times raising, even though like you're saying your conversion rate lowered, but overall it's more profits for each sale. Other times we raise the price and it's like too much. It's just, people are not, it's, it's, they reach, there's like this threshold for whatever that offer is where they're like, Nope, it's too much for me. And then the profits go way down. So it's, it's interesting. Cause you'll hear some people talk about like, Oh, just raise the price and then you'll have more profits. And it's like, sometimes, yes, (laughs) it's not this direct. Yeah. Yeah, It's not always this. I did find with the upfront offer of the calendar, I started offering it at nine 97 when I started back up with ads and I was starting to get them profitable and increasing that to 1497 did not affect the conversion rate. So that was like a clear win. And yeah, so sometimes I think sometimes like when you offer it too low of a price, it's like, how can this really be? I mean, like it's a whole year of outfits, the whole system to simplify your fashion life. So at 997, it's just, it's hard for people to grasp how much it can do for them. Right. Not that 1497 is that much more, but it's just like, it's, it's over $10. Like it's not right. You know? And so I've even thought about testing at $21 too, and then maybe lowering the price of upsells and bumps later. But I think it could also help. Like if the upfront offer is a little bit more than the deals that they get later on, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is the value. They, they can see the value there. Like it's, everything's already so discounted, you know, and when they don't originally see the original price product is hard for them to have a reference point, but yeah, it's just, it's fun to test that. And and there is something about the the pricing and just like think through like, yeah. What would you think if you saw that price on the page? Like what would be your impression of the product? Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know what I have to say too. So I would, uh, a case where for me, yes, increasing the price really did help. And it actually, I went from a $9 initial offer to, which I've never done that low before for like an initial ads offer, but it was trying like real simple, real affordable. And so now I've, I have it at 15 for my Mm -hmm. direct to sales page version. And at least so far now it's only been a couple weeks. So I want to make sure I get enough data in, but my sales page conversion rate has gone up Mm. (laughs) with the $15. So yes. So sometimes it is, it's the perceived value. Yeah. It's just so interesting. Yeah. And in addition to doing the value stack, like you do of just showing like the value of the price supply price flash. And I think I got this idea from Katie in the, in the FAQ, I, I include a snapshot of the full price 
on the shop. Like, like just to show them, this is truly the price that we offered it at usually. And this is the off the discount that you're getting. So just another way of just verifying. So it's not like this is truly a, you know, very valuable product and you are really getting a good deal. Yes. Yes. That drives me crazy when people want to act like this is a sale, but then really, if you go to their shop or wherever, it's like, oh wait, it's always on sale for that price. So you were acting like it was a sale with right. this timer, but it, it really wasn't. So yes, I'm, I'm a big fan of making sure it's like, this is a legit sale and it's legit limited time because then your audience knows when you say, Hey, this is a sale and it's for a limited time that you mean it. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, that, that brings me to something else. You mentioned your timer on that direct to sales page. What happens when the timer expires? Oh, so I actually have it direct to this tool. I think it's called go viral uh, by growth tools. Yeah. Have you heard of that one? Yes. Because Katie loves it. <laughs> yes. And I think both of us, yeah, both of us went through their coaching program for, for a year or so. And so that's how I found out about their tool. So it basically just like is an easy way for it. It offers a couple more freebies or whatever you want to offer to people. If they share, they can do different actions, but I have them share a post and it's basically a version of my ad. I, I used to have them share my actual ad, like I take my my best one and link to that, but it was throwing off what was attributed to sales because those are not tracked by Hyros. And so it was like throwing off what we saw in our actual like dashboard and the checkout and what Hyros was showing us like throwing off. So now I just recreated my best kind of post or ad in, in my page. And then I link to that. And so I have them after they share that it automatically delivers a few freebies. So it's just getting more eyes on, on your freebie. And yeah, so that's what it redirects to. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So I'd love to jump back into more ads talk. You brought up such a great point of always testing new things and not all of those tests, like you mentioned, it's not like every single new ad you put out there has to be drastically different from the other ads, but yes, having those, once you see those patterns of what works, iterating on that and making those Mm -hmm. little tweaks, you've always got something fresh that's going out there that definitely does make you know, such a big difference for ad success these days. And I'll be, here's a confession. I have this one video ad that's been doing amazing for maybe three, three and a half weeks now. And I totally was coasting and not testing new things. And now just in the last day or two, I'm like, uh oh, I got my <laughs> yeah. up, right. Cause it's the same thing. I mean, I, yes, I can take that ad and continue to try it with other audiences, but I've already run it to quite a few different audiences. And so, yeah, I'm at that point where it's like, uh Oh, things are going to stall out. If I'm not, if I don't get those new things out the door, it helps you to scale also by just having more ads that are working against more audiences. So you can have smaller budgets because, you know, sometimes it is tricky to scale ad spend on a single ad set and keep it profitable. So having several things working, I think that's what has helped me to really scale up the ad spend. I I have spent between 500 to a thousand a day now. And that's a range because like, I'm like turning things off that don't work and then starting new things, but being able to keep a row ads of like, uh, for the DTS between 1.4 to 1.7. And so DTS is direct to sales for those that are listening. And the freebie is less profitable than the DTS. I think I've been able to keep it at like 1.1 to 1.4 something around there. Yeah. So stacking things that are working multiple ads. And then, Oh, the other nice thing about it is when you have an audience, it's like been doing really well. And then it's, it's not doing as well. Then you can like plug in another ad that, you know, works and then help revive it. And so like, that's another reason to be testing is not just it, you know, you could have that ad can continue to be working in other audiences, but it's just for the scaling and continuation of what's working. It's just helpful to have different things that are working. So, yeah. And I think, so you just put together a way to track the thing, the creatives that you're creating. You know, I had started with this Airtable idea again, Airtable to, to keep track of like what, what audiences I've been testing. And then Laura built on that to have like a way to 
plan what creatives and copy you want to test and headlines was like brilliant. And then so you turn that into a template now for students, which is exciting because I think that's a huge, that, that was a huge block. Like for me is the overwhelm of like, how do I even keep track? What do I test next? Right. And to systematize that so it's not as emotionally draining and it's just a system that you do every day and it keeps your, your ads profitable is so key. So it's so awesome to have that tool now. Yes. And thank you so much to you and Laura Smith of Get Organized HQ, because I listen, organization does not come naturally to me. So I wouldn't, I don't know that I would have thought to put things together that way. But yeah, once I saw that example from you all, I was like, we've got to get this to all the students. Okay. So Karina, I know for you, there was maybe a period where you were you know, spending less time and energy and money on your ads. And then you jump back in, you had a better system for testing and, you know, tweaked Mm -hmm. your offer and your messaging. So I'd love to hear more about that progression because you've now gotten to this place where you're spending 500 to $1,000 a day on ads, which is amazing. It's amazing when it's profitable, right? As you're talking. (laughs) I would love for, you know, everyone to just hear more about like that progression, because I think sometimes people get maybe a little impatient and they're, they're they're wanting to do that like on day one, but it, it can be a bit of a process. Yeah, because early 2021, like it's interesting looking at my convert kit, like the email list, I, I was being pretty aggressive about just trying to scale. But again, just like a couple of the ads that had been working and it was like really hard to do more than break even. And like the email list grew, but then it's just the the revenue the, or the profit's not there, right? And so you can do that for a while, but unless you have like a launch or promotion that you have like lined right up, at least that's not the way that I like to run my business. I like to run it just like profitable, streamlined, serving my my family, serving my customers in a way that's just like sustainable and I enjoy it and not stressful. And, and so that's when I had kind of scaled back. And the new kind of getting into a new groove of just making sure that the ROAS is there before you start to add more spend to that audience or, or audience and ad combination that you've found is winning. And then also, I think just with having testing new audiences and testing new creatives against those audiences, you basically like just are able to start stacking them and, but you have to keep a close eye on them. It was very much worth my time because I was able to bring in between 10 and 15 K in profit just from the ads. And so spending about an hour a day, it's a, it's a time suck, but I, I think that for me, it's like totally worth it because I could eventually hand off some of that, but I needed to get really good at figuring it out myself and what was working. And like, that is the, I think the main, one of the main pain points for business owners right now is getting the new fresh leads. You know, Pinterest has been a little bit trickier to get the organic traffic traffic from there. And so like, if you can solve that problem, (laughs) you're on your way. So the time commitment on that is just, it's just nice. It's like, you can just, there are these nozzles that you can just be turning, getting things working and turn it up. And it's just more systematized instead of like, well, I'm hoping this partnership works out and you know, all this time stuff. It's just, you put in the time, but you immediately see the, the return and you can see the numbers. So that's what I like about Facebook ads. It's just more uh, clear and uh, easier to just turn it up or turn it down. So yeah, kind of getting a, a system going. And then I have actually just recently been working with an ads agency, but now that I've got a, was able to figure out like what is, what is working and get that system in place. I've found an ads agency that's been able to kind of keep things going and it cuts into your profits a little bit, you know, to work with one. And it's very important to find one that knows what they're doing, which is kind of hard to find. But if you can find one that, that pays themselves based on your profit, that can be really key because your success, like your success is their success. And so that's, that can be really important. So that's been helpful to give some of my time back and just, yeah, keep that system of growth going while we're getting a little bit more of my time back. So I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. Okay. So with the ads agency, I think that's such an important point where, and it's, I think it's kind of hard to find an agency that will take their commission off of, you know, the profits they're getting you. But I do think that's key because if you're working with an agency that wants a long contract and they've got this huge several thousand dollar a month retainer and 
if you're only breaking even, for example, <laughs> with that, I mean, then really you're at a huge loss, right? Cause yeah. you're paying someone else thousands of dollars and great. You just like you said, okay, I got more leads and more customers, but I'm still having to hustle for profits. Right. Yeah. So exactly. I do think that's really important as far as, you know, if anyone is looking for an agency to manage their stuff, to find someone who will, just like you said, they have to make you money. Otherwise they're not going to get paid either. So, yeah, exactly. But I think that the important thing about that is, is like, I think it's working for them to keep things going because like using your steps that you, you teach in your course, you set up your whole business to be profitable, to be ready to serve new people that find you. So setting up your sales page to convert well, first of all, and, you know, getting that email sequence in so that then they are able to purchase later. Like there's a lot of components that as a business owner, you have to do first. And I just love that when you teach ads in your intensive, you're not just like teaching them how to set up an ad. <laughs> there's so much beforehand, right? And it's, it's hard to be patient going through. Like I remember going through those modules, like I just want to get to making some money with ads, you know, but it, you make it money with ads because that system, that foundation is set and healthy and converting well. So it's so important to have in place and then to know, like personally know how to run ads and what is working so that then you can even evaluate how well an agency is doing handling your ads because it can be so easy for like most of the time if you're not careful, they can, they can just be losing money. And so like, just to have a, a, a pulse on that is so important as a business owner and just to get good at it yourself first before handing off. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, you now, just like you said, you have a good system in place. Like, you know, what offer works, you know, the types of ad creatives, the types of copy, the audiences that work well. And so then it's just, they're taking, they're giving you some time back, but you figured out everything that worked ahead of time. So here's another question. Are you, are you happy with how things are going with the agency? Do you feel like, are they doing as well as you do when you're doing all the ad stuff? I have been pretty, pretty happy with it. You know, the interesting thing is I think like as much as I try to be just strategic when I do my ads, like emotions do get involved. And so when you see yourself like losing money on something, even though, you know, that's like, it's part of the testing process, it can be hard to leave it on. And so that's, that's actually one of the perks is they have a strategy that they're just rolling out and it's not like, it's not emotional for them. (laughs) So they're just like going with it. Um, so I think that has helped a little bit, maybe with scaling too, with just being a little bit more aggressive that way. But you know, I've also communicated what, what ROAS I need to stick at to be worth it for me. So I don't want to just be the crazy about scaling and not show a lot of profit for it. So yeah, there's, there's pros and cons, but I've been um, happy with it so far. So just kind of taking it a month at a time. Okay, great. Okay. Going back to how you dove back into ads and made them work for you again, because I know now, again, you're spending like 500 to a thousand bucks a day, but for someone who, who is maybe jumping back into ads or is trying ads for the first time. And they're like, I can't do that. Right. I'm not, how, how could I possibly spend that much per day? Can you tell us a little bit more about how you started or? Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, usually on, on regular ad set, like I'm not spending more than 20 to $40 a day per ad set. So it's a lot of ad sets stacking on each other. It's not like this one audience is getting a ton of ad spend. And I did, you know, start testing also and and having success with CBO campaigns. And so those, I think I was able to do like $80 a day. And so, you know, when you stack those, you're you're quickly getting up to 500 to a thousand on ad spend, but it's, it's just safer. So that like on one day, you don't lose a ton if it's not because when you're starting out testing something, you just have to let it run for a couple of days. And so it's it's nice to have that lower ad spend and stack several lower budgets together to get up to where you want. And yeah, it's just safer and easier to avoid losing about a, a bunch of money. Right. Okay. So basically you've got either $25 to $40 a day for those ABO ABOs. Mm-hmm. ad set budgets. Yeah. And then you'll have some CBO campaigns at 80 bucks a day. And so really you don't have any particular ad sets or 
campaign. Well, okay. In an ABO campaign, you can have a ton of ad sets. So you yeah. could end up spending a ton on that whole campaign, but it's like, it's broken down into all these individual ad sets. But other than that, it's like 80 bucks a day is kind of the cap segment. Right. Yep. That's, that's yeah. the highest I've spent on, on one. Right. Got it. So. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's so encouraging for people to hear because I, and again, to me, this is one of those strategies where, yes, I used to a lot more advertisers who could go from, you know, okay, great. I've got this ad set or campaign that's working. I'm at 40 bucks a day. They double that. They double get like, and then all of a sudden, Hey, this one campaign is at $900 a day. Like that used to work for people a, a little bit better. And not, yeah. not that it always worked for everyone, but that used to be a strategy that seemed more common. Whereas now it, it really is the stacking and the spreading out. And yes, right. Yeah. Multiple yeah. ads and audiences. And yeah. That. And I was able to like grow up to that, that profitable ad spend, higher ad spend um, pretty quickly. But like, you know, for reference, like I can started the first month, maybe had $300 in profit. And I was thrilled because I wasn't able to get the ads doing very well before that in that year. And then, then I was like, at maybe let me take a look. Actually, I have it right here just to kind of show maybe how quickly or slowly I was able to grow that. So let's see, the first month actually was close to 800 in profit where I was starting to run ads again. And then it went up to like 3000. I skipped December. Cause I'm like, I was struggle with the, all the advertising going on for Christmas. So I was just like, I just want to take the month off anyway. So I skipped December and then January tends to do pretty well. I think people are just like excited for solutions. So that was up to 3000 and then grew up to, I think 10,000 from there for the, the following month in profit. So that, that is pretty rapid, but it's not like I just jumped and started spending all that um, right away. So right. it's like, just as long as the, the ROAS was good on things and kept them running, you know, duplicated the same thing a few times until they stopped being happy with so many duplicates and, and then, but then trying new audiences and new ad combinations and stuff like that and just stacking them. Okay. Got it. What is your average, like new leads you're bringing in per month mm-hmm. from ads and new customers that you're bringing in per month from ads? Yeah. So I can tell you exactly. Cause I've been breaking it down again on Airtable, <laughs> the end of each month, kind of looking back, um, just a cleaner report. And so between 2,500 and let's see in 2,500 and last month, 5,000 new leads. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, and, and customers between a thousand, you know, a thousand new customers around there, like once I was doing, but in the last few months. Yeah. So Again, so like that's running the direct to sales campaign, but then also the freebie at a little bit lower ROAS, but to grow the email list. And then I try to offer, you know, my subscribers are often asking like, oh, I want to buy these things from your shop. Are you doing a sale soon? So I, I, every couple months I'll offer a sale. I don't really do launches. Those like tire me out so much. I mean, when I have a new product, I'll come. I'll launch it, but I, I don't do any crazy launch strategies around it. A few of the simple things, and it's mostly email centered because I'm an introvert. <laughs> I like to like think of creative things, writing them down more, more than on camera. But anyway, so I will mix those in and, and be doing those live to my audience live as in, in like in real time. It's not an evergreen. It's not just evergreen that sales to my subscribers. And so that will, again, like when I have those sales, that'll bump up the ROAS for the month because um, those people are like shopping for more things from the shop. So I know um, a lot of your listeners might be just starting out and having only a couple of products, but that's fine. That's how I was too. <laughs> like you just keep adding more products and then there's more things for people to buy. So just listen to what they want, keep adding those. And then it's just going to increase the order value for each customer as you're serving them more and more. Yeah. I love that. And I think ads are such a great strategy for introverts. <laughs> I just am in the Maybe same boat. I'm obsessed. <laughs> right? Like I, I, I don't, I think people don't realize how introverted I am, but like, I love quiet alone time and ads are something you can do quietly alone (laughs) on your computer from anywhere. Like it's, yeah, I don't have to go beyond, you know, or do a bunch of live every day and stuff. Yes. It works for some people and they're amazing at it. Yeah. Yes. Some people love, yes, they are fed and happy with 
what they're doing on social media or with all sorts of partnerships or things. But yeah, for Mm -hmm. us introverts, ads can be a a nice solution. (laughs) And then, like you said, low key launches too. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, there are other things, there are so many things that you can do to grow as a business owner, but something that I've learned over the years, just to, you know, it's not like I've been running a business for that long, but something that I've really learned is it's important to run a business that you enjoy running. Like set it up. So it doesn't mean there isn't a cost to some of the things you choose not to do, but there's also a benefit. And even if it's just to you personally and to your family, that's good. You're building a business that you're going to want to run. And I love running my business. It's such a blessing. I mean, the topic is so fun, but also just I've set it up. So I enjoy it. It's not a drain. And so, yeah, there are other things I could be doing, but this works well, you know, and it's more important to have something sustainable. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. That's such great advice. So Karina, what would you say to someone who ads maybe used to work for them in the past and it's Mm. now they're on the struggle bus a bit? What would you tell them? Okay. So definitely don't give up because once you can get it working, there's so many times where I was like, man, I never would have guessed that this particular image or there are just so many things that even now I have not discovered that are going to work and in only by trying out new things, but doing it in an informed way. So like, you know, being in your group, um, after, after finishing the course to have those fresh ideas and just inspiration from people that have found things that work is, is so key and to continue to work, but not just in the front end of, of the ads, but like the back end of your business and find other ways to really improve things and make it a, a wonderful experience for your subscribers, you know, adding new products and just keep, and that's why, like I say, you have to set up a business that you enjoy, have fun while you're at it, but keep at it and don't give up and keep exploring new things, you know? And so I stopped running or I, I lowered the ad spend on my ads like significantly for a while. Cause I couldn't get them working, but then I was back at it as soon as I found a way to get in and something new to try. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. And really thankful to, to people in the group and to Katie. And, and I listened to Heather's interview. I think that was the last one that you did before this one. And just was so inspired by that. And so let that inspire you. And just to realize that other regular moms like you are, are able to figure something out and just grow slowly, but sustainably. So yeah, like I've said before, be stubborn about your success. It really makes a huge difference and have fun while you're at it. So you can keep going um, for the long run. I love that. Great advice. So last question of the day, Karina, do you have either a funny or adorable mom moment that you could share with us? (laughs) Yeah, we, for our family vacation last year, went to a um, beach house, like an Airbnb, and we were working on this paint by number and, and just like the boys helped out with it. I've got four boys and the, the older ones helped me paint a little bit of it. And so at the end, we decided to frame it and put it up in their bathroom. And so we put it up and then I overhear my two older boys, they were five and seven talking to each other. They're like, now we can play I spy while we poop. (laughs) They were so excited about the art in their bathroom because I had something to look at. And like, literally I'll find a couple of them in there and like one's using the bathroom and the other one's sitting on the counter and they're playing I spy with the painting. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty funny because I like the way the painting looks and they like how it serves them for I spy. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That sounds like something my boys would totally do too. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Thank you again, Karina, for spending time with me today and just sharing such great advice on ads and that, you know, running a business you love. So great. Can you remind everyone where is the best place for them to find you online? Yeah. You can find me on social media at frontfighters um, and website. You can also go to frontfighters.com or now that I can do.com and you'll find our freebie on there that you can sign up and kind of discover what we have to offer. Great. Thank you so much, Karina. Thank you for having me. It was very fun. <laughs> Wasn't that amazing hearing from Karina? I just love the wisdom she has to share that you want to make sure that you are creating a business you enjoy working on. 
so important because the fastest way to get burned out is by doing a whole bunch of things you don't enjoy doing, <laughs> right? So you want to build a business that you really enjoy and that works with your life and your family's life. So I love that advice from Karina. Now, one of the things Karina mentioned on this episode was the ads intensive, which is my signature ads program that shows you how to successfully run Facebook and Instagram ads for your business. And if you're listening to this in May or June of 2022, I am about to open the doors on the self-study version of the ads intensive. You can head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads. So that's brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads. That will take you to the information page for the ads intensive. You can sign up for the wait list and save the date because June 20th through the 30th, the doors to the ads intensive will be open. And because this round is a self-study round, you won't have to have an application approved. If you are ready to learn my comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step ad strategy, you can just head to that page, brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash ads. And from June 20th through the 30th, you'll be able to purchase and enroll. So I'm so excited to teach you how to run ads and continue to make them work for you and your business in 2022 and beyond. So I'll see you inside the ads intensive soon. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. Brilliant.